It's time to talk about all things mental health. This is Get Mental with Cecile Ahrens. As a seasoned licensed therapist, Cecile is the owner of Transcend Therapy and is here to inform, guide, and connect you on the big and small everyday happenings that affect our mental and emotional well-being. Cecile is passionate about making a lasting and positive impact on people, connecting them to their own wisdom and strength while having a little fun along the way. Get ready to challenge the power of your human spirit. It's time to get mental. And now here's your host, Cecile Aarons. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Get Mental Radio. This is your host, Cecile Aarons. Licensed clinical social worker, owner of Transcend Therapy, which is a private practice in San Diego, California, where we provide individual couples and family counseling. Thank you so much for being with us today. I am so excited for our show this morning, as I usually am every every show. Um, but today, I have the honor of speaking with Mr. Ricky Layfield. Mr. Ricky Layfield is a Chicago native who graduated from Hyde Park Career Academy in 2008. He obtained his bachelor's degree in political science from Northern Illinois University in 2013. And then he received his master's in education with an emphasis in student affairs in 2016. The reason why we have Mr. Layfield on today is because we are going to talk about um, youth mental health today, specifically how it affects minority groups like African-American youth, Latino youths, um, in the Chicago area, I think this is a population that doesn't get a lot of attention, especially in the media. And so I'm very happy to have Mr. Layfield here. Um, another reason why this is a very interesting show for us, uh, Mr. Layfield was previously gang involved and he turned, you know, all of that into into good by becoming a mental health counselor. And now he's helping his uh, youth in his Chicago community break the cycle of abuse poverty, and gang membership. So we are honored to have him here today. Welcome, Ricky. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for being here. So why don't we start with um, you telling us about your journey, man, from gang member to getting your master's degree to becoming a counselor. Can you can you walk us through that wonderful, um, I'm sure, eventful adventure? Um, sure. Uh, I think that I originally believe that I that everything I did was by choice, but I do think that there was always a path set for me beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, in certain communities, in order to navigate those communities, you have to know where to go, what not to do, when to stop, when not to stop. Um, it's pretty much like a maze. And I do think growing up in certain neighborhoods, even being a kid, like I was a kid with good grades and things like that, but I was a kid that knew the importance of survival. Right. And, or to get where I am now, survival is key. Whether it was in the streets or college uh, campus or working in the organizations I work in. So as a youth, um, just taking the bus to the mall was a was a, a journey, you know. Um, as a kid, I got in a lot of fights, uh, was jumped a, a good amount of times. And I, I do think me being bullied and having a fight like as a kid mm. definitely played a big role in, in me joining uh, gangs and even becoming a gang leader uh, for a period of time. Wow. And, it, and it's just understanding your community and your environment and, and putting things in place to, to survive. And that's how I've always been. Um, we look at some kids that are getting involved as just evil or bad. Right. In reality, 
those could be the same kids or the CEOs of your company, to be honest. Um, yeah. I, those I, are the people that become the pastors at your churches. Yeah. So I don't think it, it's just, it's just understanding the environment and how it impacts how you move every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree with you more. So what are some of the things that you think put, put a child or a youth at risk for uh, b- becoming involved, gang involved? Um, there's a saying that it takes a village to raise a child, and yes. it's true. Um, because my, my mother and my stepfather, who I call dad, definitely loved me to death. But, you know, mother had to work, he had to work. And once I left that, that apartment door, mm. um, there's only so much they could do. Right. Um, and even my mother goes to the school to speak about kids who might have been bullying me or, or testing me. There's only so much my mother and, and, and father could do. And I, I grew up in the housing project for about three or four years. Then I moved to 79 Street in Chicago. Mm. Who live in Chicago know that 79 Street is pretty rough from the lake all the way to Four City Mall. Um, mm. so leaving the house and walking to school forever three or four blocks, I, I might have gotten to two fights or three fights on average, at least wow. weekly. <laughs> at least weekly. Wow. Um, so your environment has a lot to do with it. It, sounds it has like. a lot to do with it. Um, what really probably triggered my PTSD and, and really shaped, because I never, I didn't really become gang involved until about 14, 15. Wow. Uh, when I was 14, I was going to the movie theater, uh, 87th Street, and I, me and my friend were actually jumped by 30 guys. Oh, my god! Not exaggeration in the numbers, uh, literally 30, 30 people. I did wow. a hair count before I got that close to them because I wanted to see what I was dealing with. And... From there, in my mind, I never wanted to not have a weapon with me when I was walking throughout Chicago. Wow. Um, my only time probably not carrying a weapon was my years in college. Oh, my god. Because it me why I felt safe and I was okay. Wow. But outside of that, when I came home from college, I got to sit and carry before I would apply for my passport. So violence and weapons and protecting yourself from violence become, became so normalized to you at such a yeah. young age. And you Definitely thought, norm, yeah. yeah, so you thought that, okay, in order for me to protect myself as a 15-year-old, I'm going to have to carry a weapon to survive this environment. Is that right? Uh, definitely. Wow. Wow. I tell you, I have a son, and I can't even imagine, you know, um, you know having a child have to function that way. Um, it sounds like you said, even though you had loving parents, the fact that their work took them away from having, uh, being able to actively guide you and be engaged with you was also a risk factor. Would, would you say that's true? I mean, the, the, the thing is, when you leave the house and, and I have to walk to school or walk anywhere, it's pretty much fair game. <laughs> wow. You know, what happens just happens. Um, and I recall a story, and my mother remembers this, and, you know, I, like I said, I was living in, the, in an area of Trimble Park Home, which is a housing project. Mm. Um, I had a second grader who, like, who used to always bother me. On the way home from school, like, he broke a glass and tried to slit my throat in second grade. Wow. Second grade. Second grade. Wow. Mind you, I still had high test scores. I still had good grades. Uh, I was always a kid who I could understand the system very quick. So this I got to read in order to get the right answers. Cool. Let me do that. Yeah, I had some struggles with math, but for the most part, like most of my grades were A's and B's, and I had a lot of checks mm-hmm. for talking. <laughs> but uh, normally, I had good grades, so I definitely was a good kid. Um, 
Right. But yeah, you know, after a while, you, I, I started to adapt to what was going on just to be able to navigate where I need to go. Wow. If you guys are just tuning in, you're listening to Get Mental Radio, and this is your host, Cecile Aarons. I am on the phone with Mr. Ricky Layfield, who was previously gang involved and now is a master level mental health counselor doing some groundbreaking work in the Chicago community trying to break the cycle of poverty, violence, and abuse um, within Chicago youth. So, Ricky, um, you know, do, do you think a lot, of, a lot of the times violence was modeled to maybe yourself or these other kids um, and they're perpetuating it outside of the home? You know, that's a great question. Because um, the, the youth I work with now, uh, some do see abuse in their homes, but some don't. Okay. I think it's just a, the, the lack of having an outlet. Um, and now we're starting to create more youth programs and things for kids to do with their time and energy. But a lot of times, especially as a young man, right. uh, fighting or, or belittling someone was the best way to gain power. Ah, right? Mm-hmm. And um, a sense of belonging, I imagine. Right? Absolutely. Um, I, have, I have some students who have terrible hygiene issues, but they choose to, to, to pick on a kid who has hygiene issues, you know? Right. <laughs> like like <laughs> attracts like. like. Right, and it's kind of like, well, you're bullying them, and of course, there's ways you have to deliver this message to them, but it's like, you know, I smell you every day in my office or in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Why are you talking about this other kid? Right. And that, that's just a big thing in certain communities. We try to, and you especially, try to put down other people to look more important to other kids. Right. Um, I have a lot of influential, influential students. I tell them, like, you know, you are a leader in this classroom or you are a leader in this youth center and things like that. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you use your leadership powers for something positive. Yes. What would happen here? Yes. Well, I tell you, them hearing it from someone like you, I think, you know, because you have, like, street credibility, so to speak, probably um, is really impactful for them. Would that be true? Because you're not just somebody who's like, you know, telling them what they want to hear or somebody just who learned all these theories in school. Like you actually lived this life. Yeah, it, it takes time, though, because I never really leave with that. And to be honest, a lot of my college friends probably don't even know my, my background. Um, I think that we create this persona of people from certain environments like, OK, someone from the streets is A, B, C and D. He could never be in his college campus running this organization right. with budget like that can't be the case. The same thing with my youth. Like my youth probably think I fell out the sky with a master's and a bachelor's degree. Right. And they and they think that I, I woke up with the property I own or I woke up just driving the car I drive. But right. in reality, you know, we all have a journey. Yes. So, so profound. It, it's hard and that's probably the biggest my biggest feat. Um, letting youth know that they is right in the tunnel if you want it to be. Yes, and that your choice, right? has impact, you know? Exactly. And that you have to take personal responsibility for your life. But, you know, I'm a believer in personal choice, but also having resources and enough supports, you know, people, places, money, to break the cycle of poverty and abuse. It's, you know, it's not just enough to choose a healthy path. You have to have, like, the the people behind you encouraging you along the way as well and having you know, enough resources for you to pursue your goal. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. There's a few movies out where 
one one split second, you know, changes someone's whole trajectory, changes their life. Yes. Uh, it's not like it's a plan that they made to be in a certain situation, but they might walk to the store at the wrong time. They yep. might hit the wrong person, and, and it changes everything. Absolutely. And you know, when um, I'm going to go on a quick uh, break here, but when we return, I would love it if you could walk us through how um, a gang member solicits a child or a minor to join their group, okay? I think the the audience needs to hear that. So when we return, um, we are going to talk about that. Don't go anywhere. From a very young age, I knew that I wanted to help people. I wanted to change things for the better and be part of the solution. Through a lot of hard work and determination, I achieved my dream of owning a private practice known as Transcend Therapy, where we provide counseling for individuals, couples, and families. I've always been passionate about helping people resolve the things in life that may be holding them back or creating pain. Launching Get Mental Radio was just the next step towards helping more people, because our mental health is just as important as our physical health. Life is tough, and if you're struggling, you're not alone. We can help you weather the storm. Hi, I'm Cecile Ahrens, owner of Transcend Therapy. We truly care and are committed to giving you the best service. You are not going to feel like just another client, and you are definitely not going to feel judged. We offer quality, compassionate, results-driven therapy services. For more information, check us out at TranscendTherapyCA.com. That's TranscendTherapyCA.com. Welcome back, you guys. This is Cecile Ahrens with Get Mental Radio. Thank you so much for being with us today. Um, The show is sponsored in part by Transcend Therapy, and we provide individual couples and family counseling. Transcend Therapy is highly trusted, and our clients clients frequently endorse us to their friends and family, which is the best compliment we could ever have. Please visit us at TranscendTherapyCA.com, TranscendTherapyCA.com. Also, if you find our show helpful, if you think uh, we are educating you and providing high-quality programming, please write us a review. Your review helps us grow, and it helps others to know that our content is helpful. Our aim is to help inspire as many people as we can, and your support truly means so much. So with us today is Mr. Ricky Layfield. Um, He is... From Chicago, graduated from Hyde Park Career Academy, obtained his bachelor's degree in political science, and now his master's in education. Um, and here with a, here, he is with us today to educate us on some of the things that minority youths are experiencing, specifically in the Chicago community. Welcome back, uh, Ricky. Yes, still here. Okay, so can you walk us through what the process is when somebody, a gang member, solicits a child to join them? What are some of the, um, you know, the tactics that they would utilize? Is it fear? Is it intimidation? Is it grooming? Is it manipulation? Is it all of the above? So I'm going to be completely honest with this. Um, Please. I know we watch some movies and we, yes. we see like gang members prey on children and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe in the late 80s, early 90s, that was the case, especially with the drug trade being so high. Okay. But in all honesty, I could, I, I feel like, at least from my own personal experience, people I know. Yes. Um, from the 2000s to current, there's there's no point in recruiting because a lot of you, they, they go for that. That's what they want. 
Oh, and they're not even having to try to recruit them. The youth you know, are self-volunteering. And a lot of would tell you, go to school or play basketball. This isn't for you. This isn't what you want to do. Wow. But there's also a, a brotherhood in game culture. Like, a, a lot of times that is considered family. Mm. And a lot of times um, when a youth is in a school and they see the gay members are the ones who had a girl mm. or they're the ones who are popular and they're the ones who have friends to protect them, mm-hmm. that's alluring. Especially now, uh, in Chicago in 2012, a lot of our youth that were getting involved became rappers and became uh, famous. So they're glorifying uh, the lifestyle. Absolutely. Now we have famous gang members. We have people who used to look at YouTube videos. You got people from different countries that watch tweets between rival gang members. Right. You got this videos and this songs that exist that get millions of views. Mm. And people are really putting the eye on the gang culture. And those, and those kids involved might not even get a dollar from being involved, but they get that fame and that pride that, that they're looking for. Right. Um, but there's really no need. If you look on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, you have kids from different areas who change their profile names to gangs that are in Chicago. Wow. And we did it as well. Um, you know, we had gangs called Young Money and Dipset that were based off, like, rap groups um, and that culture. And now we have kids who have changed their whole profile name to a Chicago gang, like maybe No Limit or 300 or 600, because... They admire the right. people that are in those gangs. And, you know, power comes different ways. You might have a mogul who's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. You might have a gang member, but these men still have the same charisma as the other one does. Right. And that's what, you're, and that's what the youth are attracted to, even some of the young ladies, you know. Um, in, order to, in order to be a CEO, in order to lead a gang, you have similar, similar things. Right. <laughs> they have similar personalities. So it gives so them the false sense, sense of power, Right. Right. And um, significance. Yes. And, and honestly, the, the power might might be real power. <laughs> it, might, it might actually exist. Right. People don't think about the end game. You're I right. I my kids now who are getting involved. Like, okay, so when are you going to be done? And if you're like, I'm crazy. Right. And I was like, I, I never joined anything without thinking about my extra strategy. And wow. if you're just in it, just to be in this, you're probably going to be stuck in it. Wow. Wow. So let's talk about your, your, the program that you are involved in, because I know this is a big uh, kind of purpose for, for what you do is trying to break the cycle of gang involvement. So Mr. Layfield, Ricky, is also the VP of programming of the Urban Mail Network. Um, yeah. And you are also a curriculum specialist for the Becoming a Man program. This program, by the way, guys, is so profound and powerful. Tell us about Becoming a Man in your own words, Ricky. Yes. So Becoming a Man is something like I've never experienced. And I'm actually a part of a charity. I work with different nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Uh, the is very unique. So in them, we do, we have 30 lessons that can range to about two years. Um, in this curriculum, we focus on core values, so things like integrity, accountability, positive anger, expression, respect for womanhood. Yes, uh, I was reading that. I was so yeah. pleased. It's so, so beautiful. I'm just going to repeat that, okay? Sorry to interrupt, but I think mm-hmm. the audience needs to hear this. These are the core values of becoming a, becoming a man. Integrity, accountability, positive anger expression self-determination, respect for womanhood, which I think is huge, especially in the black culture, and visionary goal setting. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So how do you guys operationalize that? Like, what are you actually doing with the youth? 
so we're all school based. We have one or two or maybe even three counselors inside of the schools every day. Wow. So the youth my actually youth uh has group for one hour each week and the oh. group setting can be about twelve youth. Um and we don't want to get past twelve because it's it's kinda hard to have a clinical environment when you have too many people speaking at one time. Oh, absolutely. So it's actually group therapy and the boys don't know it's therapy. They think they did they chicken in with their mentor. Um, so, ah, I love that. It doesn't yeah, feel you know, like therapy, but it is. Yes. Exactly. So we hook them. It's like, hey, you know, we have some food. We have some, you know, when I recruited my boys, I had them come to the room. I had 100 wings from Harold's. From Chicago, you know where Harold's is? No. Went, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, it's like um, when our chicken uh, steak was here, and I, I lured my boys in with food. So they come <laughs> in, you know, we play some games. Next thing you know, they had group counseling. Um and each counselor has that. a caseload of about 55 to 60 young men. Wow. Now, of course, there's a downside to that because it's very hard to really engage 60 young men like you want to. But you get an opportunity to, to speak out in a group and you go through the Yalom's character factors, you know, right. as, as, you know uh, universality, altruism, like different, different things that come from group development. Yes. Um, now, the beauty of that also is that the counselors themselves, because we don't, everyone doesn't have a clinical background. Like my background is education. Uh, we have some who have uh, degrees in mental health or sociology okay. um, and some who don't. So we have a lot of trainings based on clinical trainings. Okay. The, um, the creator of BAM is a clinician. And a lot of people who created the BAM curriculum are clinicians. Okay. Uh, so it came from, you know, uh, Carl Young and, and, Ir- and Irving Yalloman, like a lot of a lot of different clinicians. Yeah. Uh, they're, their their theory on like yep yep uh, yeah. yeah I love yellows. Let's talk about a lot of shadow work and things like that. Um, wow, it, it, it's right. So we have a lot of uh, different trainings that we do in the winter and the summer that might be based on um, you know motivational interviewing or uh, clinical processing or wow. counseling. So it's all it, it, it's all evidence based, right? That's what we call it. It's not just something you're yes. pulling out of the air. These are all interventions that have been shown yes. by research to be effective. And speaking of right. that, I actually want to share with, with uh, our listeners and viewers today that researchers from the University of Chicago Crime Lab actually um, evaluated the effectiveness of becoming a man and findings show that becoming a man reduced violent crime arrests by 50%. That's incredible, and it improves school engagement from the male Chicago for, for male Chicago public school students. That's profound. So you guys know what you're doing. Yeah, I, I think it's the biggest thing is we miss we mix the um the clinical part and we mix the mentoring part. Yes. Um yeah. so I do I do use self disclosure in my groups. My boys do know where I came from. My boys do know my struggles, even my current struggles. Right. Another beauty of it is that the counselors themselves go through the curriculum like the, the young men would. Yes. So when we go through the training, we go through the lessons step by step like the young men would. Right. So while we're doing work in the main man group, we're working on ourselves too. Yeah. Uh, there's some, big, big within them. There's authenticity there. You know, there's an organic process going on, which I think is so powerful, by the way, as, as a clinician. Um, I, I, that's part of how I work with people is I, I just try to be human, you know? Um, so, and I think we removed that from the school system so much. And that's the issue. Like some kids look at teachers as like this foreign object. Right. And 
they, I'm like, you know, and I have to be the middleman, you know, being in the school. I'm like, you know, I work with the teachers too, and I work with the youth, and I'm like, this is a, still a person. Yes, um, you're a person they, first before you're anything right. else. They didn't wake up uh, teaching you math. Like, they have a life outside of this place. But mm-hmm. a lot of times, and the same thing with teachers and vice versa, they look at kids, uh, youth as like little kids, and some of these kids have had experiences um, that might surpass your own, and they don't, they, they don't like being treated like, they're less than. Right. So I meet you for that, and I don't treat them like babies. There's pros and cons of that. I tell them, like, I'm not treating them like a kid, so this is why, this is all, these are my expectations from you. Right. So, guys, if you're just listening or tuning in, uh, you're listening to Get Mental Radio with Cecile Aarons, owner of Transcend Therapy, which is uh, a part sponsor of the show. And on the phone with us today is Mr. Ricky Layfield, previously gang-involved, now turned mental health counselor, community advocate, among many other things. So, Ricky, um, I want you to talk to us about the, the core value of respect for womanhood. The reason I want to focus mm-hmm. on that for a little bit is because that's very counterculture, especially for the black community right now. I mean, you know, I'm talking about just as far as the songs, right? And mm-hmm. it's still out there in popular culture, the sexualization and objectification of women. How are you guys mm-hmm. um, combating that uh, under BAM? How are you teaching them respect for womanhood? So we had different exercises in our curriculum and things like that. We actually invite a woman from the community to come sit in the circle to talk to our young men. Ah. Uh, me personally, I have respect for womanhood day when the movie uh, Hidden Figures was big. Do you remember that movie? Yes. Yeah, so that, that movie, and the same day that we had that movie, there was a woman's march. And what I did was I had women that I know come have dinner with my boys. Wow. Um, and I, the women who I know who, who will be down to earth and be real with them. Right, so um, to humanize a woman. Right. So, and that's something I did outside the curriculum. I'm like, you know what? I want them to know what women look for in men, and I want them to know your your point of view on things. And how it girl, feels, right? Hopefully right. the women are sharing how it feels to be constantly sexualized and objectified. It's awful. Right, because when you have young men and young women, they don't really learn much from each other because they're in the same boat. So, you know, um, the women are being objectified, the young men are being disrespected. You know, it's just a, a, a tip of cat thing. So wow. when you have someone that's a little older that can – you know, show you how you how the right way to behave. Right. It's different. Wow. I remember I had a young lady uh, who hit one of my boys, and she ran in the band room like, Mr. Layfield, he tried to hit me. You know, men don't hit women. And I was like, women don't hit men either. Right. And she, was, and she looked at me like, huh? And she never heard that before. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's not, that's not a norm. Like, using uh, physical anything to get a point across isn't a norm, or it shouldn't yes. be a norm. Yes, man. Profound, so, profound, yeah. profound. You've come a long way, Mr. Layfield. <laughs> Right. Um, but even as a kid, uh, that never was a thing for me. Um, I, I rarely seen my father scream at my mother. I rarely seen him uh, abuse her. Like, I, mean, I never seen him abuse her. Yeah. But I rarely even seen him yell back. Yeah. Like, him to yell back or something like that, it took a lot. Right. So I, I grew up young knowing that uh, domestic violence wasn't a route for me. Yeah. Uh, or wasn't, to me, it was a sign of weakness, if anything. Right. Well, um, hold that thought because I'm going to have to go on break again. One one second here. Um, my engineer's like, okay, it's time. So we'll continue this conversation. Um, don't go anywhere. Supporting local business isn't always convenient, but at Ortiz Market, it is. 
Ortiz Market has all your shopping needs right at the corner of Escondido Boulevard and 13th Avenue in Escondido. They're family-owned and operated and feature a huge selection of local beverages. And if they don't have what you're looking for, they'll order it for you. That means you can get what you want without the long lines you find at big-name supermarkets. The best part is they care about serving our community and are here to join the fight to destigmatize mental health and let people know you are not alone. Visit Ortiz Market today at the corner of Escondido Boulevard and 13th Avenue in Escondido. Got pain, inflammation, redness, stiff muscles? San Diego Cryotherapy can help. You'll feel the results immediately and with consistent use, you are sure to feel better. Using the benefits of cold therapy, San Diego Cryotherapy can help you heal naturally from injuries, speed up recovery from exercise, and support your overall wellness. Check out their infrared sauna and cryo tea shock. After a stressful day, the amazing infrared sauna will help you unplug, detox, and rejuvenate. Cryotherapy tea shock is the new craze in weight loss and body contouring. It can target stubborn areas and support your weight loss goals. People report amazing results in just a few sessions. Cryotherapy offers fitness, wellness, and beauty benefits to individuals striving to improve their overall well-being. Wouldn't you like to look and feel better? Explore the science and process behind cryotherapy at sandiegocryotherapy.com. Don't let the pain and inflammation hold you back. Start feeling and looking better today. Visit sandiegocryotherapy.com. That's sandiegocryotherapy.com. Welcome back, you guys. This is Cecile Aarons with Get Mental Radio, host, your host, and also the owner of Transcend Therapy. Uh, visit us at transcendtherapyca.com, transcendtherapyca.com for more information about who we are, what we do, and how we can help you. So just a quick word here, too. I uh, want to thank all of our sponsors, San Diego Cryotherapy, Ortiz Market, and Greystone Prime Seafood and Steakhouse. Or Prime Steakhouse and Seafood, sorry. If you mention Get Mental at Greystone, you will get a complimentary appetizer and dessert. If you mention Get Mental at San Diego Cryotherapy, you will receive up to 50% all, um, off of your first-time service. So thank you guys for being here. And also, just recently, Pacific Rim Mechanical um, also included our list of sponsors. I am so grateful for their uh, support and, um, you know, this is community funded. We can't do it without you guys. And our aim is mental health awareness and destigmatization. So here with us today is Mr. Ricky Layfield talking about um, Lati- Latino and black youth communities in Chicago and the kinds of uh, things that they're struggling with and what he is doing to help the youth over there, specifically a program called Becoming a Man. Um, he's the... Uh, uh, a lead um, counselor of this program, Helping Youth. Welcome back, Ricky. Hello, hello. Hello. So I know you were starting, uh, you were telling me before the break about domestic violence not being part of your story, correct? Correct. But even then, right, there's still some things that led you to be to be gang involved. And not to focus so much on you, but let's talk about um, the trends that you're seeing in the in the community that you're working with, right? So domestic violence may not be part of your story, but is it a part of some of the youth story your stories you're working with? In other words, what do you see as the risk factors that put them at risk for abuse, gang membership, dysfunction, and so forth? Um, so, and it's, unfortunately, I mean, if we all know what uh, ages are, Unfortunately, in the last 20 years, I see some of the same trends that most people might have saw or seen. 
currently. So domestic violence does definitely exist. I have youth that deal with that. Um, and it's a little weird. Like I have some youth sometimes who might see their father be abused and, and not fight back and they look at him as weak and they don't want to be weak. Right. Um, which is something that I don't normally see in the media or on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have you who, whose mother are abused by, you know, boyfriends and things like that. Um, I think the biggest thing that I see is this lack of identity for my, the students I work with. Yeah. And, and you look at anybody, everybody wants to belong somewhere. Yeah. Um, and that's the point of out of school programs and, and sports teams and, and things like that. Now, if you don't give youth the, the opportunity to belong somewhere and figure out where their power lies, gangs are going to always be there. Yes. Always be there. So, for instance, if I'm a kid and I'm not good at sports, um, it's very rare that I can find a program that I feel like I belong to, right? Right. Um, and the youth might be good at poetry. They might be good at cooking. They might be good at robotics. They might be good at uh, dancing. There's a lot of things they might be great at. But at the same time, if that's not offered to them in their communities at a certain age, they would never know where their power lies. For a perfect example. So powerful. What you just said is so powerful. Go ahead. And the first time I was picking up a golf club, and because the Houston over East that I went to as a kid, they actually taught us how to play golf, uh, which is rare, but it was great. Took them to play golf. I had a kid who naturally was great at golf. Right. <laughs> never, never played before. Never thought about it. I'm not disclosing to that. He would have never know. Yeah. This was one of my kids who actually was gang involved. Right. Mm. Um. People need places to put their time and their energy. Yes. And, God, yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm getting so passionate here because I totally I agree with you. You know, I always say. Your choices are limited by the options that you have, you know, and very true. And if you're in a community where there ain't, you know, ain't a lot of options, you you may never reach your full potential because you were okay. never given the opportunity to explore what you're really good at or to even to practice what you're really good at. Right. Yeah. And the youth I work at now, we offer a music program. Uh, we offer robotics. We offer uh, sports and rec. We all, we actually have a garden. We actually have our own beehive. So you yeah. open up their world, really. Right. And, and now it's like, okay, what can I be exposed to? Mm-hmm. And I had a you. That's why, you know, my master's in education, but I, my interest in student affairs, so that's things outside of the, the, the classroom. Right. To help develop you. Like, that's, that's my biggest focus. So that development outside of the classroom is very essential. Um. What they do with their free time is essential. Like, who they, that, that actually asks who they become. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. You are really uh, you, a change agent in your community. You know, you guys are often the unsung heroes. Um, social workers, teachers, counselors. Those are the people that never, you know, get make the headlines. But you guys are so critical to the fabric of society, which is why I have this show because – this is uh, this is a space for all of you, all of us, you know, trying to do this work in the ground, so to speak. So if you yeah, guys are... You put out a lot of small fires all day, all day, mm-hmm. small fires. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know what's going on, something becomes big. Right. And, you know, someone like you can have a long-lasting impact on a child's life, which can then help bring 
break a generational cycle potentially of psych of abuse and poverty you know like i can just think about my life when i was going through some really tough times i came from unstable an unstable home environment even though i knew i was loved there was a lot of dysfunction and i have i had this teacher who just believed in me and nurtured me and i still think so fondly of her we talk on facebook and we talk about like back in the day when i was like you know, a high schooler and all the things I was struggling with. And, you know, those are protective factors, those relationships you think about um, when you look back in your life of the, the the people who made you who you are today. And so you are doing that for these kids. And I thank you, um, you know, thank you for, for what you're doing. So if you guys are just tuning in, you're listening to Get Mental Radio with Cecile Ahrens. Um, on the phone with us today is Mr. Ricky Layfield. He is a mental health counselor um, in Chicago, helping uh, the youth, at-risk youth in his community. So, Ricky, tell me, what trends are you seeing in in your community? Like, what are, I know we talked a little bit about some of the things that put them at risk, but, like, what other trends are you seeing? How much of, how much of trauma or mental health is part of their problem? Um, so, I do think in America, when we put, Emphasis on one thing that's pros and cons to it. Mm-hmm. We spoke on this briefly before, but I, I, it's a trend now with youth I work with where everybody wants to have trauma or a mental <laughs> health issue. Oh my gosh, are um, you serious? Yeah, it's like a, it's like it's popular now. Like I have one kid that say, "Hey, I have anxiety." Like, well, I have depression. I have another kid that say, "Well, I should have suicide." And it's oh, kind of wow. like it's kind of like this is giving them an edge. Um, it's it's different. It's, it's Do you think it's, it's, it's attention seeking though? Do you think that's part of it? I do. I believe that youth in certain environments, everyone deals with some level of trauma. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, this being on the bus, and you can hear or see things that it cause traumatic experiences. I think that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. I think that well, us focusing on mental health with this microscope, we we we, we take away the power in the individual. We don't talk about the success stories. We don't talk about people overcoming things. We don't talk about the control. Yes. Uh, in, the, in the media, we're throwing away, throwing away mental health like it's something that's just out of your control and it's something that you cannot cope with. Absolutely. So kids are hearing that. And I have kids who actually get into fights because uh, you have a, a friend who won't text another friend back. Yeah. And they're like, well, I was going through something. You know I'm this, I'm, you know I'm that. And they're using it as a way to avoid accountability in situations. Right, right. So I, th- I think that's a great point, you know, like just because, and that is the message of Get Mental, by the way, like just because you have a mental health issue or a mental illness, what I mean by mental illness is you actually have a diagnosed mental health condition. Right. It doesn't mean that that becomes who you are. It's what you have. It's not who you are. And you still have exactly. choices. You still have power, you know, and exactly. there's plenty of resources available um, to support you and help yourself, therapy being one of them. So that's what we're trying to do, Ricky. So I'm glad you you um, mentioned that. Do you guys talk about uh, and encourage kids to get therapy or medication if it's if you think it's appropriate? So I'm personally not not super big on medication, but yeah. I got people within my family that take it and need it. Yes, um, we actually have our own. Uh, luckily, inside a youth center. We have our own center downstairs that, that works on mental health. Like, and we have our own therapist in, in-house. 
Okay. So, um, yeah, if it's something the kid needs, well, therapy could be, can be good for anybody and everybody. Yes. Uh, there's different there's different forms of therapy. Like we know, most people think that you're sitting down with one person and you're sitting on the couch and have no pad. And it's like, oh, when I was five years old, my my parents beat me. Like therapy does not have to be a only one form. Mm-hmm. I don't think people most people know that. Yes. Um, so mm-hmm. there are different forms of therapy, different ways to figure out what therapy works for you. Right. I think therapy can benefit everyone. Um, for sure. Like, rather you have a history of me or, or what, but life happens to everybody. Right. And emotions happen to everybody. And feelings happen to everybody. So yes. I think therapy is important for everyone. But Thank you for saying uh, that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I just think there was just this kind of, you know, connotation with therapy, you know, growing up. It's like, oh, you're crazy. You need to talk to someone. Um, but in a more practical sense, you know, you can talk to a friend and, and be going through some form of therapy. They might not have a It can be therapeutic, set. yes. Right. They might they might not have a skill set, things like that, but you know, not to get off topic, like even in Bound, we do something called past check ins, right? Mm-hmm. So you check in, mm-hmm. he is physically, I is intellectually what's in your mind, he is emotionally and S is spiritually. Wow. Um, you can do that with your friends and, and experience some form of therapy. Right. But to ask you a question, yes, we definitely definitely tell kids to talk to people and their parents. A lot of times their triggers are their parents, but their parents don't seek help. Yes. So you do they refer them. It is something you, yes. you destigmatize, right? I, I, I would hope yes. and make it yes. like, okay, it's an okay thing to do to talk to a therapist and or take medication if it is actually warranted. Not everybody. I, 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 I see your concern. Like sometimes kids can be misdiagnosed and overmedicated. But in certain cases, it's really life-changing and critical that they get the right medication depending on their diagnosis. For example, if they have um, bipolar disorder or panic mm-hmm. disorder, those things usually require some medication therapy. And it's not the kid's fault. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's it's just what it is. Yeah, well, but there's a chemical imbalance in the brain. There's only so much you can do. Yes, um, yes. But I, and my, another struggle is helping kids understand that, you know, some kids might not have a chemical imbalance. Right. Some kids might need to explore some things a little deeper to figure out what's going on with them personally and how they can, in a sense, overcome yes. what might be the issue. Some kids... Uh, but I have some youth that, that takes I have some kids that take four or five meds at Mercy Home, depending on what's going on with them. Wow. Wow, wow. That's a lot. We have, yeah. Yeah, and we have an in-house therapist that comes, you know, once a week to meet with them. So they all get the therapy that's needed. Um, okay. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Working in the community is interesting, you know. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, especially in the, in the African-American, Hispanic, even my community, Asian American community, you know, medication and therapy is just something you, it's like the last resort, you know, you, you would have to try other things before you do, you talk to somebody. So the, the fact that you guys are doing this and you're normalizing it to kids and you're catching them at a younger age, you know, I think early intervention, right? I think it's really powerful because then you can um, intervene and help them, you know, change the trajectory of their lives potentially. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, what's, what's interesting to me is I do think economics still play a big part in this because my charter, my charter uh, school youth and my public school youth yes. view uh, mental health and sexuality and things like that very differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so it's almost like economics play a, a huge role in exposure and understanding too. Oh yes, uh, that, that we don't really acknowledge. So I, I see a huge difference in my kids in public schools than my kids in charter schools. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we are going to take a short break, and when we return, we will continue this conversation. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Got pain, inflammation, redness, stiff muscles? San Diego Cryotherapy can help. You'll feel the results immediately and with consistent use, you are sure to feel better. Using the benefits of cold therapy, San Diego Cryotherapy can help you heal naturally from injuries, speed up recovery from exercise, and support your overall wellness. Check out their infrared sauna and cryo T-Shock. After a stressful day, the amazing infrared sauna will help you unplug, detox, and rejuvenate. Cryotherapy T-Shock is the new craze in weight loss and body contouring. It can target stubborn areas and support your weight loss goals. People report amazing results in just a few sessions. Cryotherapy offers fitness, wellness, and beauty benefits to individuals striving to improve their overall well-being. Wouldn't you like to look and feel better? Explore the science and process behind cryotherapy at sandiegocryotherapy.com. Don't let the pain and inflammation hold you back. Start feeling and looking better today. Visit sandiegocryotherapy.com. That's sandiegocryotherapy.com. Supporting local business isn't always convenient, but at Ortiz Market, it is. Ortiz Market has all your shopping needs right at the corner of Escondido Boulevard and 13th Avenue in Escondido. They're family-owned and operated and feature a huge selection of local beverages. And if they don't have what you're looking for, they'll order it for you. That means you can get what you want without the long lines you find at big-name supermarkets. The best part is they care about serving our community and are here to join the fight to destigmatize mental health and let people know you are not alone. Visit Ortiz Market today at the corner of Escondido Boulevard and 13th Avenue in Escondido. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. This is Cecile Aarons with Get Mental Radio. Thank you for being with us this morning. Our guest is Mr. Ricky Layfield. We are talking about youth mental health, specifically minority youths in Chicago. And if you missed any of this and you want to listen to all of it, which I highly suggest you do, it's been very educational and informative, please go to our podcast, Get Mental, anywhere you listen to your podcast. And also, if you can write a review, that helps us help more people. So please consider doing that. And lastly, we also have a Facebook uh, Get Mental group page. It is a private group. And um, it is, you know, a community of people supporting each other. We talk about issues of the day um, that are coming up and just general, you know, questions about mental and emotional health. And so please uh, consider joining there if you need additional support and education. So, Ricky, um, I want to talk a little bit about stigma because I did a little bit of research on some of the barriers to care for youth. And mm-hmm. just on the two populations, I'm talking about African-American black youth and Latino youth, stigma came up for both of them as one of the reasons why, um, you know, still people do not access help. Is that your experience on the ground? Um, honestly, it's, it's in certain environments, it's not talked about at all. But stigma definitely plays a huge role. And to be honest, um, kids bully kids for a little bit of every, anything. Right. It's true. Um, 
your shoes are dirty, your hair's not cut. Um, that's the same shirt you had on yesterday. Yes. So, of course, you know, thinking about what society says about seeing a therapist and getting the help. Right. Kids can easily be bullied about that. Like, oh, you're crazy or something's wrong with you or this and that. So, yeah, there's definitely a stigma. We stigmatize almost everything in our communities that's outside of the norm. Right, right. <laughs> So I just, you know, thought, wow, that's really interesting that it's 2020 and that's still a big problem, right? Hence, hence the show Get Mental. It's, it's about fighting that. So the other thing that came up that's unique to the black uh, population is distrust. This keeps coming up. Can you educate us a little bit more about why there is a level of distrust of the health care system, specifically by um, African-Americans, so that we, we can be more sensitive um, to to when working with you guys? Uh, honestly, in the history of, of being black, um, anything in regards to the government has more often than not been a trick or something to ruin our communities. Right. So whether that's been the Tuskegee experiment or, or, or that has been a welfare of black communities and removing a black father or the three strikes rule, um, People even think that marijuana being legal right now is a trick. Mm. <laughs> so in the history... So it goes deep, this trust thing. It definitely goes deep. Because even when slaves became free, uh, you had people who became prisoners. Um, right. You know, um, or you had people who had to deal with police brutality and things like that. Yeah. Or you had the housing market where... They weren't giving you uh, loans for houses. You even have people now with perfect credit scores who can't get business loans. Right. You had um, people coming to churches saying, you know, we're going to give you community a home loan. But then they were giving them the highest loans possible, uh, no matter what their credit score was. Wow. So trust in anything that you receive from people outside of your culture, even people within your culture, is rare. Right. Um, what can we do, though, to make it better? You know, I'm all about solutions. Like, what can we do? Something simple we can do to continue to build trust. I think it's the same as good in terms of everybody. It takes time, right? So you have people now, slowly but surely, saying, you know, I go to a therapist, uh, and it might be a woman of a different, or a man of a different culture, cultural background, ethnicity, and I enjoy my session with them. So I, I do think testimonials are key just for the media uh, sake, like, okay, this is my therapist, and we don't have the same background, but they do get these parts of me. Yeah, They do understand this about me. So um, it takes um, people from the black community, too, to ha- to speak up, right? They have yeah, to... And it also takes more of us to go into the mental health field, because before you trust people with other culture or something else, like your mental health, you have to trust people within your own with your mental health. True. Ah, mic drop. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so a lot of people, they are looking for black therapists now. Like, okay, because at the end of the day, um, you can be a clinician, but there are certain type of things that you go through that maybe you're, only your culture will understand, right? Right. But if you can't so like feel have, comfortable in your culture, that's a huge problem. Exactly. So for instance now, like I have some youth that I might, I might identify, identify with the LGBTQ community. Yes. And I'm, I'm here for them, and I work with them. But at the same time, there's something they feel like I don't connect with, which I understand right. completely. Right. Um, if I don't identify as part of that culture, I cannot tell you I know everything you feel and things like that, which is okay. And 
everything. Make sure you might not need to steal everything your client is feeling. But, but at the end of the day, sorry, but at the end of the day, isn't it about, yeah. oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was saying, some people feel more comfortable knowing that the person who they're talking to might have had that experience. Right. But at the end of the day, isn't it also about like being tolerant? Well, I don't even like that word really, like meaning open-minded and empathic, right? And yes, you know, uh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, you know, empathy and uh, unconditional positive regard. Yes, you know, two key things with therapy, so there has to be there. Yes, yes, unconditional positive regard. Oh, that's my favorite. This is uh, some uh, shop talk for us guys. If you don't know what that is, these are clinical terms of how to work with people. Um, and yeah, that's one of the things I do a lot as well. And people, if you're just tuning in, this is Get Mental Radio. We're talking about the challenges in youth mental health, specifically um, minority youths. We're talking to Mr. Rick, Ricky Layfield. He's a mental health counselor, among many other things, amazing advocate in his community. If you've missed any of it, please go to our podcast, Get Mental, to listen to all of it, which I highly recommend. Yeah, thank you. So before we end, is there any any final words or comments um, for or a message you want to relate to our listeners as it relates to youth mental health? Yes, I do think listening is key. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just listening, but understanding that, yeah, they're younger than us. Yeah, they're youth. They're, yeah, they're a kid, but they're true from what they're saying. Yes. Yeah, and, I, and most, of my, most of my youth I work with, the issue they have with their parents. Parents are listening to them. Yep. They're not feeling like they have a voice. They're not yep. feeling like they have power. And when kids don't feel power in home, they find power other places. Profound, profound. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and your journey and the work that you're doing and the stories of these children. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We have reached the end of our show. Um, That concludes Get Mental for this morning. Um, Again, this is our guest, uh, Mr. Ricky Layfield, doing amazing work in the community. Keep up the good work, sir. And I'm your host, Cecile Ahrens, owner of Transcend Therapy. Visit us at transcendtherapyca.com, transcendtherapyca.com for more information about our practice. We truly care. If you don't know where to start, start with us, and we can um, get you on the way to doing and feeling better. So like I always say, be well, be gentle, get mental, because we all have issues. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us today on Get Mental with Cecile Aarons. To learn more about Cecile, become a sponsor or guest on Get Mental, or if you have any questions about mental health, visit TranscendTherapyCA.com. That's TranscendTherapyCA.com. Join us next week at this same time for more talk on all things mental health on Get Mental with Cecile Aarons. Don't